The views and opinions expressed on this show belong solely to the hosts and their guests and do not reflect the views of any onside institutions unless explicitly stated. What's up, everybody? My name is Steve Vandewal. And I'm Justin Klosser. And, and we're, we're your hosts, hosts of Cannabis, cannabis Cum Laude, a podcast devoted entirely to cannabis. We're going to talk cultivation, business, medicine, politics, culture, advocacy, and everything in between. The cannabis industry is complicated. It's robust. It has a lot of moving parts, and it's our job to help you understand it just a little bit better. So tune in every week for a brand new episode. And if you have a question that you'd like answered on the show, send it on over to questions at CannabisCumLaude.com. Thanks. Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cannabis Cum Laude. Uh, today is going to be an awesome day. We get to actually do something that I've been looking forward to doing uh, pretty much since we started this show, but it's been like pulling teeth to get Steve to actually to break through and do it, but understandable because he was undergoing some changes and wanted to make sure that when we talked about it, we did it right. But today we're actually uh, going to be talking to Mr. Steve Vandewall, uh, our host here, and uh, talking to him about his company, Nestiva, as it is now rebranded, um, formerly known as uh, Tiva, well, Tiva Naturals. Yep. I apologize. I think it was Tiva Wellness at one point too, right? Tiva, yeah, it was Tiva Naturals. We went by Tiva for short. Roger that. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Steve, for sure. uh, coming into the studio today. In the hot How seat are, today. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to be uh, back in studio today. How are you? Doing fantastic. Right on. So, like usual, I'd like to talk a little bit about the broader topic first of CBD itself and um, kind of your journey into this arena that you've ventured into. Um, so I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit before, but could you give like a real brief um, reintroduction as to like your journey to cannabis and CBD? Sure. Um, I have been a cons cannabis consumer for recreational and fun purposes for 10 years. Uh, I've been is, been in business for myself for six years. Four of those years have been in cannabis in the CBD realm. Um, so it was about back in 2017. Um, I was kind of, you know, you go through the, the ebbs and flows of entrepreneurships. The highs are so fucking high and the lows are so fucking low that it is, you're constantly playing psychological warfare with yourself and learning how to manage that and stay focused and knowing when to pivot at the appropriate times and knowing when to throw ideas out the window when they're not working and not hanging on to something that is, is objectively dead is tough and it's a learning process. Um, and I was kind of in my second or third year of business for myself. I got started in men's fashion. You know, the first couple of years I was in business, I was struggling financially, you know, broke is a joke. I didn't barely have a pot to piss in. Um, I was hustling, making money on the side, working at my uncle's restaurant for a little bit of cash trying to keep my head above water, you know, the constantly feeling like the only thing that's above water is the tip of your nose. Yeah. Um, but that's the name of the game. And the reality is, is what I've learned in this whole process is to make it as a business person, as an entrepreneur, it's not even about how great your idea is. It's about, can you withstand getting kicked in the teeth over and over and over again and being broke and knowing when to set, you know, you kind of adopt this, this mentality where it's like, okay, no matter what happens, uh, you're going to keep going. And, no matter how broke and pissed off and how many people tell you no, you just keep going because you believe in what you believe in. Uh, and I believed in what I believed in. Um, so about 2017, I was kind of at a little bit of a, a tough spot. I was struggling. I was in men's fashion. I wasn't making a ton of coin. 
Uh, I was having trouble focusing, trouble sleeping. So after a couple doctor's appointments, I was on a, a, a daily concoction of of Adderall, Trazodone, and Zoloft to manage, you know, all those different mental health things. And uh, quite frankly, it, it is not. It did not for me do very well. I started to have some dark thoughts, questioning my purpose in life, questioning a lot of things about, you know. Do I want to be around anymore? Which is f a fucking weird thing to have, but yeah. it happens to people and you never believe that it'll happen to you until it does. But the reality is, is, is stressed out and kind of tough life when it, it was never that bad to have those thoughts. I knew it was a, at least a byproduct of the drugs that I was taking. Yeah. Um, so I kind of right around that same time, I had a friend uh, who's a nurse practitioner who had gotten to the CBD game and uh, cannabinoid is a therapeutic game early on, really be, be right when CBD became a thing after the hemp bill passed um, and sat down and said, hey, listen, there's this new cannabinoid, which I didn't know what was, right? I knew THC. All I knew about cannabis is that when you lit it on fire, some molecule named THC you made you feel good. I didn't know about cannabinoids. I knew nothing. I didn't know about an endocannabinoid system. I knew nothing. Um, and she said, there's this new cannabinoid and it's young and it's new. And the, right now, some of uh, the anecdotal evidence is people are using it for sleep. So I said, sweet, I'll try anything because I was at kind of my wits end at that point. And I started, she gave me a bottle. Uh, I started taking it at night, uh, before I went to bed, holding it under my tongue. And at right around the same time, I said, I'm going to see if I can take myself off these meds. So I started cutting my Zoloft and my Trazodone, uh, that I was taking, uh, in half. And within 40 days, I came off everything. Um, I, not everything. I went from 30 milligrams of Adderall day down to like 15 milligrams total a week. You know, I use it when I use it. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a completely, you know, pure man and no pharmaceuticals because I do use Adderall and I use it sparingly and it works for me. Yeah. I don't use 30 milligrams a day and I haven't touched any Zoloft or Adderall or any other pharmaceutical. I barely touch Advil nowadays in years. Right. Um, so it was really at that point when I realized, wow, this is really powerful. This is really something. Uh, cause I had virtually no come down effects. You know, I had kind of heard horror stories of coming off of SSRIs and other shit, but for me, it was painless. It was just time. Well, yeah. I mean, being on them already was not a good time for you. So like coming off of them, it probably just felt like an extension of that, you know? Yeah. You know, I guess I didn't really know what to expect. He was like, going to have come downs. Was I going to feel weird? But honestly, 40 days, like, huh, I feel better. I feel like myself again. You know, yeah. I, I started not to feel anything at all. And when you, you know, half the battle with entrepreneur, you're passionate about shit, you know? And I lost my passion. I really yeah. lost my ability to feel anything. Um, and when I wasn't excited about what I was doing, it became a lot more hard to get motivated. When you're not motivated as an entrepreneur, you're, you're done. Yeah, that's it. You might as well write, write the freaking, write the check. Right. I, you know, I did a couple months stint with SSRIs as well, and and people could quote me all over the place saying that I just felt like a zombie, zombie, right? Like just walking in skin, getting by, didn't yep. give a f about yep. anything. Yep. So commendable that you also realized that and decided it was time yep. to make a change, right? I, I didn't get sad. I didn't get mad. Nothing. Um, I wasn't even really interested in having sex. Right. And the the little smidgen of times that I wanted to have sex, some of my utilities didn't work. Like my body didn't work right. I was right. I was not myself. And that's not me. Right. I'll tell you that right now. That's not me. Okay. <laughs> you know me for a long time. Uh, call it what it is. But it was not me. And then I really knew that I was fucked up then. Um, but the good news is, is I came off, I, you know, my entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit was, uh, everyone knows a little bit about Steve Dow. Screw it. Um, Sorry, Rach. Um, 
So my entrepreneurial spec, my, my feelings were back. I was re-energized. I started learning and reading and researching about CBD. I read Dr. Russo's Taming THC paper, which was really kind of the catalyst that you know taught me, hey, when you actually have whole plant extract and you use CBD and all these things together, you get much more profound therapeutic benefits. So I really, this idea of, of full spectrum and you know the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, uh, fueled me to start at the time Tiva Naturals, which uh, at the time I was just private labeling from a big manufacturer in the Midwest. Um, I created a little brand with a buddy of mine over the course of a couple nights. Um, we launched our first brand and it was pretty successful. You yeah. know, we, we were making a little bit of cash. I was all e-commerce. Um, things were going really well. I was actually making like a few thousand dollars a month online. I wasn't really working. Sales would just come in. I had my, my distribution set up. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't shipping orders. All I was doing was posting on social media, making money. It was sweet. Actually, it was the, honestly the easiest money I've ever made. And then, uh, overnight I get a, an email saying, well, um, you're a high risk account. The only way we, it's cost effective for us to maintain you and all other CBD businesses is if you're doing $150,000 a month. And I was not. And if not, we got to let you go. So at that point, that really wiped out a majority of the small companies like me who just weren't doing that volume. And it's hard to do that yeah, volume when you can't pay for ads or radio space. Or at the time, there was no, it was, it was organic advertising, which is tough in word of mouth. So fast forward about a year and a half, you know, I found a new merchant processor. Things were rolling, you know, about a year, things got rolling again. And I redid the brand, right? Spent, I had raised some startup capital. I had brought on a business partner. Uh, we were moving and grooving. We had a beautiful brand. Tiva Naturals was alive and well. New website, new assets, new everything. It was mine now. Um, and we went from private labeling to making my own products. I had met up with uh, an extraction company who I believe in and I still work with today. Uh, I started formula doing some formulations myself and I, we had a new company. Um, and uh, fast forward a little bit more, we started bringing in, started looking at, you know, what happens when you add full spectrum cannabis to other herbs, right? Other cannabis is not the only, you know, medicinal herb out there amongst the most medicinal, that and mushrooms, but there are many, many other plants and herbs out there that have profound medicinal qualities that have been used for as long or if not longer cannabis. And there's documented proof and research, things like lemon balm and rosemary and yep. Tulsi and all these adaptogenic herbs, Echinacea. it's real. Echinacea, of course. Uh, ashwagandha, all these beetroot, all these different herbs that are like profoundly effective. Yeah. So I'm not an herbalist. You know, I had read a couple books, um, but it's complicated. It's just like cannabis. You don't become a cannabis expert overnight. So I actually had met up with a team of master herbalists who own a 40-acre organic medicinal herb farm in uh, the western New York kind of southern tier area. And I said, I know about cannabis. You know about herbs. What happens if we... Put them together and make some products, right? You already, you know, what can we blend with full spectrum cannabis to tear this or to, to, to steer this as more of a sleep product, as more right. of a pain product and more as an immune product and all these other ailments that CBD alone and cannabis alone uh, has, can, you know, can work on. How can we make that effect even stronger and really capitalize on this notion of full spectrum medicine? Um, so that's really where the brand was born is with this herbal side and this organic side and this new beautiful brand. So fast forward to November of last year, I had put 
thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of into the website, into the branding, which is just what it goes with the territory of starting a premium brand, right? You're paying for organic certification. You're paying, we had spent thousands and thousands of dollars on this. And it's honestly so goddamn funny now to think about it. Um, 10 days later, and we had filed three trademarks, which we have now, one of the first companies, one of the few companies in the space that has not one, but three federal trademarks on products, um, which is huge. Um, but 10 days after I launched the website, my trademark attorney gives me a call at 7.30 at night, unannounced. And first piece of advice, you don't ever want to get an unannounced call from your attorney at night because it's never good. Yeah. Uh, and he says, we got a problem. Shoot, let's hear it. I'm used to problems. Lay it on me. Well, you just got a cease and desist letter from a large pharmaceutical company uh, saying that the brand is too close to their brand and he can't use it anymore. And my first thought was, well, fuck them. I'm going to use it anyway. And he's like, well, that sounds great, but they have, they're worth like, I don't know, $10 billion and you're worth like uh, nothing, much less than that. So even if you were right, they would bleed you out in court. I said, okay, well, that sucks. I guess that, that I'm not, not going to fight Goliath. Um, so it, fast forward a couple months, um, we decided to drop the name Tiva. It was actually a pretty amicable, bro amicable process. As pissed off as I was, I do understand. And um, quite frankly, the brand is now, I believe, set up even more for CBD and THC and all cannabinoids. Um, the brand now is, uh, we went from TivaCBD.com or Tiva Naturals to Nestiva, which is really a combination of wellness and sativa, cannabis sativa. Everything that we do is rooted in cannabis as a wellness product. Um, so you'll notice now that the website is www.nestiva.com. All the packaging is different. You won't see the word Tiva anywhere. All the social media profiles have been updated. Um, but for everybody who's been kind of wondering what's going on, you got a new brand, new project, what's going on? Um, it, it, it was a necessary pivot to stay out of some legal trouble. Uh, quite frankly, I, um, I had a, an attorney friend of mine say to me back when I first started, you might run into this problem in a few years. And I said, I'll deal with it when I get there. And at the time, you never think that you're going to ever get, I mean, you always have dreams of being big and being successful. But at that time, you're focused, I got to get this off the ground. Right. I got to, you know, you never think that you're about to go stand in the ring with a large pharmaceutical company. Right. And then it happened. It's like, ah, oh, shit, that really sucks. And it did suck. And it hurt bad for a while because uh, we had to shut down sales. We had to completely rebrand. I had just virtually spent all my money on this brand to call my designer back and say, we got to make some changes, yeah, like right. huge changes. Start and over. St I mean, start over. Uh, but, the, <laughs> you know, I told myself, and I'll sit there for all you entrepreneurs out here, that if you don't learn to pivot and if you don't learn to accept getting punched in the face over and over, it's kind of like these UFC. I don't ever want to get punched in the face, but I'm not a fighter. These fighters, they eat it, and they eat it, and they go 10 rounds. And that's what entrepreneurship is, is you got to learn to get kicked in the teeth and kicked in the private parts and said no to and pivot and pivot and deal with what comes your way. But if you believe in what you believe in and you get used to pivoting and you think you have to take emotions out because I could have easily heard that and got became completely emotional and eradicate and made a lot of bad decisions, said, no, 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 we're going to court. And then what? We lost. And I would have bled out and I would have had no money and no brand and no nothing. I would have been, you know, sleeping yeah, under a freaking bridge somewhere. Restart with, you know, in the military, they call that resilience training. I, I used to get told that I was one of the most resilient people they ever met. I got kicked in the nuts so much. Yeah. But anyway, it's a, uh, 
it's it's a really necessary quality in an entrepreneur, but a really good quality just to have as a human in general. Absolutely. Um, ninety nine percent of the time, something that happens today isn't going to matter next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. you got to remember that. Everybody's got to remember that public service announcement. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think that a lot of it. You know, I started reading about, you know, guys like David Goggins and Marcus Luttrell and some of these Navy SEALs and Special Forces people who you're taught to be mentally resilient and to take emotions out of, you know, never, ever, ever let panic set in because the second that you do, you fail. Yeah. Okay. And these guys had it way worse than me. I'm not even going to sit here and say that my situation is on the same platform or these guys. These guys are warriors and heroes and, and done some crazy shit. But from a mentality perspective learning to say, well, that really, I'm getting shot at, right? Hypothetically, you know, in an entrepreneurial sense, come, you know, what is, you know, break down the situation objectively and logically, and how can we put it back together with the least resistance? And when you learn how to do that, you know, you almost start to welcome these problems, you yeah. know, problems back in the day. Oh, what am I going to do? Call everybody, I know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, let's, how am I going to solve this? And I don't only solve it. How am I going to come out on the other side better? Right. And, I'll say that as much as I struggled over the years and as much as broke as I was and how much I doubted myself, I never, ever gave up once ever, even when I should have, everybody was saying, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You're broke. Parents are like, when is this going to end? When does this end for you? It doesn't. Um, but you get to a point and maybe it's just pure raw stupidity. Maybe I'm just stupid. You know what? But stupidity is getting you there, right? I guess so. Maybe it's just stupid. Maybe I'm just uh, wired for pain and discomfort. But I will tell you that after all was said and done, we came out on the other side, never having to step a day in court, being compliant and having a brand that I believe is better and sexier and encompasses more of what I've always believed in and wanted than the previous brand. And, you know, I'm just an average dude. Yeah, with a little bit of stupidity in my brain and a a, a lot of motivation to a lot do of something. Drive. A lot of drive and love. It. I love cannabis. I want to be something. Um, and I just told myself when I started that no matter how hard it gets, you ain't gonna quit. Hashtag America. America. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, getting into Nestiva a little bit. Um, you just gave us the origin story, obviously, but what is like. What's some of your values you have as a company? What what are like some of the things that are at the core of what you believe in? Yeah, quality first of all, quality products. Um, I'll tell you this right now, and this is not being like trying to rain on my competitors, right? I welcome competition. I love that the industry is robust, but the reality of the CBD market it has been has become a commoditized race to the bottom. And you walk in any CBD store, and it's how cheap can you get it? Cheap, 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 cheap. And that's because they're all selling the same shit. Low quality ethanol extract from some big inorganic, you know, whatever it is. Six times diluted. That's that's fine, right? But, you know, and that's a business model, right? It's kind of the Amazon model. And if, would you rather sell 50,000 units at a buck or, you know, 500 units at 125 bucks? You'll take the volume, right? But you lose quality at scale. And yeah. I told myself that I, I believe in craft business. I've advocated for small craft business throughout my entire career. And I could have started a little shit brand and said, hey, I can get these for three bucks a unit. Uh, I'll turn around and sell them for 15 bucks a unit, make a little bit of a nut, distribute. I'm rich, you know? Right. It's not who I am. I don't care about that. It's never been yeah. about the money. I wanted to create a product that actually works. And what that means is, you know, if you're using a plant, just like I believe in food, you should be using organic products, right? 
Food is, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And you want the cleanest, you know, purest prop food products to make you healthy. Why would cannabis be any different? So a big root of our brand is quality. That comes with a USDA organic certification. You know, we are organic from the hemp that we use from the, our, our extraction facility was the first USDA organic extraction facility in the state of Vermont. And every inch of our 40-acre herb farm is 100% USDA organic. This is as organic as organic can be. And when you, you know, like I do, when you do organic right, you grow some really great products. Yeah. Um, so, you know, part of that was how do we differentiate ourselves, right? You can be organic. You can be, you know, sub and super. You can use CO2 extraction, which I really believe in. The reality is people don't really care how it's extracted as much as I want them to. I want them to, but the reality is they don't, you know. Another big part of us was like, how are we going to stand out from a product perspective? Well, this is where the medicinal herbs come in. What we do is we have a proprietary blends of medicinal herbs that are designed specifically for things like sleep and immunity function and cognitive function and, and focus and all these different things. And we infuse them like you would a pasta sauce for a very long time at a very specific temperature. And what it does is it pulls all of the medicinal compounds from these herbs into our extract. So now, you know, when we say full spectrum wellness, we're not just talking about full spectrum cannabis, the original cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids. It's all that and all of the medicinal chemistries yeah. from the from the plant. So right now you're looking at a product that not only has 300 cannabis compounds, but like set, you know, we've calculated between 700 and 1200 medicinal compounds wow. depending on what product it is. And when you do that, what we've noticed is serious enhanced effects yeah um yeah well i mean the entourage effect is not just going to stop at cannabis right it's going to keep going with every other beneficial medicinal compound you want to throw in there with it is as long as they're not hitting the same receptors you're probably going to be experiencing a heightened effect right and even if they are in the same receptors, they might be hitting differently because you've got some of this one hitting, which is yeah. reacting a certain way, and some of this one hitting react in a different way, right? Which is, I don't know. I, I, I love the way that you've branded and incorporated more than just CBD and sunflower seed oil or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, 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 not a, a, we're, we're not a cannabis company or a CBD company, rather. We're a wellness, wellness company rooted in cannabis, right? right? I'm not opposed to having non-cannabis products. I want quality products, other people's products. But what, now what I know is that cannabis worked for me, works for a lot of other people. And right now we offer cannabis oils. Um, we, will we be getting into the THC game and the smoking game? You betcha, right? I'm working with what I got right now. Um, but, you know, the one I will say the one thing that has been, you know, I'm also very scientifically driven and I want hard proof. And the one thing that is very hard to prove, especially in a multivariable model, is what exactly is working and how much. That's why full spectrum cannabis is hard to objectify is because there isn't one thing. You can say, here's what this isolate does in a controlled environment, right? But we know, according to Dr. Russo's team and THC article, that full spectrum uh, uh, supersedes broad spectrum and isolate in terms of, of therapeutic efficacy, Yeah. right? But how do we know, let's say there's 50 milligrams of THC, 10 milligrams of CBD. How do we know that an uptick in limonene or canaflavin A or some secondary cannabinoid isn't responsible for that? How do you, and how do you know that if you test that, that it's not something else? You're adding in a whole mess of compounds relying on the fact that less is more, 
right? And these things are all working together. So, you know, literally just deductive testing is the only way they could figure that out, which would take years, years, years. like tens of years, probably. I mean, this is 300 compounds. You would have to test individual compounds across a bunch of samples, right? And see how that each individual single sample reacts, then each pair, then each trio, you know what I mean? And see what each individual, that's just, it's tough. And like, how do you know? It's it's complicated. And I'll sit here and say that, you know, do I have a thousand sample clinical study behind my product? No, I don't. But if somebody offered me, hey, do you want to put your sleep product against another sleep product? Absolutely. Let it rip. How they would deduce what cannabinoids and compounds are working best together is way above my pay grade. But I'll tell you from the people who've been buying my products over and over and over again every month on the dot saying, this is the only way that I can sleep and it's the best thing I've ever used, that has to hold some weight. Yeah. And that's just how the cannabis industry was built. So we're very much working toward being able to objectify and quantify that. But my fear is because you have all these, these compounds, which is kind of the nature of the beast of the holistic and natural product industry, will we ever get to say this product and this combination of products and this specific, you know, because every single batch of cannabis is a little bit different, yeah. right? You could get a longer, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it yeah. becomes tough, um, you know, our, uh, it's a game, you know, and, uh, but the reality is we are rooted in quality. We take a very specific amount of steps to make sure that everything is quality. We use best practice extraction. Um, we really have true full spectrum cannabis, original terpene profile, um, infusion of medicinal herbs we use high quality mct coconut oil which is just a great stable uh fat-based oil it's great for digestive health it's great for cognitive health uh in my opinion i don't think there's a higher quality full spectrum cannabis product cbd product on the market well and you shouldn't as the owner you should you should strive to make the best and you if unless you've achieved that i would hope you're not like just out there pushing it out to the world. You're like, oh, well, this shit's subpar, yeah. but whatever. If I get up here and say, yeah. you know, we're, we're like number five or six. Um, there's five other brands that are better. You'd be in the wrong, you know, I obviously am biased, but um, logically in the steps yeah, that we take. Yeah, and if you've got the anecdotal evidence to prove it, then, yeah. I mean, clearly you're still in business after all the hiccups, right? Yeah. So you're doing something right. Yeah. Um, I might be putting you on the spot with this next question. I know that we're starting out with... Um, the Nestiva sleep, right? And that's first, but you also mentioned the focus and I apologize, I'm brain farting on the yep. third one. Uh, is there a timeline on when we can expect those ones to be released or is that TBD? Uh, so previously on my old website, I had three products. I had Restiva, my sleep product, Comfortiva, my pain product, and Immunitiva, my immune system enhancing product. Oh, immune. Um, these are all qualities of CBD that the research has said there's immune system function enhancement with CBD. There is pain mitigation properties in their sleep. So I took all these things that have been quantified scientifically from CBD and said, let's create a product that is specific to each one of these niches. The problem that you have in the CBD space and really the dietary supplement space in general is medical claims in marketing. Mm. Okay. Big pillar of my brand is education. Okay. Four months ago, I had paid um, and had co-wrote a whole bunch of content, uh, content informational articles on the endocannabinoid system, on CBD. Is is uh, we had six articles. We had thousands of words of content, and they were all PubMed. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, cited. There's mm. like legitimate source citations saying according to this study, CBD helps inflation or inflammation. Blah blah blah. 
And be, you know, because I use a, a merchant, I use Square as a merchant processor, they came back to me and said, you make medical claims on your website. We're removing your merchant services. You will not have access. You cannot ha a, have the money in your Square account and you cannot continue to send funds until you remediate this. So I had to go through and being built, a platform built on education had tons of content on there. Why we why we use each each we had a product uh, uh, a blog for each product that we have why we chose the herbs what the herbs do how they interact an entourage effect article organic an organic farming and why it's important which is still the only one still on there and an entourage effect which was so scientific it was freaking it was one of the in my opinion one of the most uh, it was it was a really good paper yeah. it was a really really educational paper and I had to take five out of six of my articles down because of medical claims, right? I wasn't saying my product specifically is going to help your insomnia or help you come off your opiates or in, in no, you're just make you scientific research, prevent you from getting COVID. I said, here's what the research says. We're in the, you know, try it. And they shut me down and making medical claims is a huge issue, uh, which is bullshit. Um, right. You know, it's kind of a, a, a ploy it's kind of how the pharmaceutical industry has so much power because you can only make medical claims if you're an FDA approved product. Um, and I'm not, and you can't because we're cannabis unless right. you're, you know, GW Pharma or something like that. So um, the sh we're, you know, that was the long way of saying educational, uh, education is a big part of the brand. Um, and while we did have three products on there, two that I got really dinged for and that what I was wor really worried about was the yeah. immune product and the pain because pain mitigation apparently is a medical claim and immunity enhancement apparently is a medical claim. Um, and you know, while going through the trademark issue and the rebrand, the last thing I wanted to do was get a warning letter from the FDA. Uh, so I've decided not to discontinue by any means because I love those products and they're fantastic and they work great. Uh, but just kind of take them off the shelf for a little bit uh, and focus on my sleep product 80% of the sales that I've done over the last seven months have been that. It, it's, I mean, we just have the data on it. It's fire, it's fantastic. So we're really gonna say, let's focus on sleep as a wellness um, issue. The other side, you know, the other two products kind of dabble, you know, touch the, the gray area of medical claims. Uh, and we do have uh, two more products in the pipeline that I'm really excited to release. Uh, Nertiva, um, which is really, um, I'll say what it is. It's designed as an anti-anxiety product, right? I can never market it that way because that's a medical claim. Um, so I branded it as a cognitive calming blend, uh, which is an ass backwards yes. ring around way of saying an anti-anxiety product, but that you gotta, that you gotta be careful with the language. Yeah, yeah. That's Nertiva. That's designed to be taken in the morning with a cup of coffee, you know, to get your day started. Uh, and Fittiva, which is something I'm particularly excited of um, because I think CBD and cannabis is gonna really play a profound role in athletic recovery and performance, uh, which you know is very relevant nowadays with the Shikari Richardson stuff going on. Um, but I, you can expect those to come out, um, I'm hopefully by the end of the year. So I haven't, I haven't actually dove into that, but I've seen it all over the place, obviously. So what makes that different from Michael Phelps? Um, because he, I think it was you, I don't want to screw up the details, but I believe it was because she consumed cannabis and she tested hot for THC. And I don't know if it was in a specific window of her oh. event. Um, but it's bullshit. Yeah. It's still a hundred percent bullshit. It shouldn't matter whatsoever. In a legal state. You know, if she went home, she suffered the death of her mother, which she 
you know, use cannabis to help. But if she went home and sucked on a, a bottle of booze and ate a bunch of pills and got up and got piss tested, she's still running the race. Right. You know, it's bullshit. It's draconian. I think the government knows that because there have been some talk at a very high level of maybe the fact that these rules are a bit draconian and rules are rules, right? You do take on the responsibility of following the rules as the Olympic athlete, right? Yeah. I don't agree with them. Um, but if you know you're planning for the biggest event in your life, everything that you've worked on, again, I don't agree with it. And you know the one thing that you have to do is piss clean. Don't piss dirty. Don't piss dirty. I mean, it's 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 a couple months, right? If at worst, like, and even if it's longer than that, you're going to be an Olympic athlete. Like, I mean, that not too many people in the world yeah. can say that. So it, I would say it's worth not token for a minute. If you had to, I don't agree with it. Like I'm saying, but I'm agreeing with. Yeah. Your sentiment yeah. there. I, um, I I will say this, and I think that the big buzz online is, well, what's it matter? You know, CB, you've, CB, your cannabis and THC is not a performance-enhancing drug. It's quite the opposite. Why would you even ban it? Um, I believe that cannabis is a performance-enhancing drug indirectly. I think maybe if you smoke weed on game day, maybe you're not as focused. But if you use cannabis, especially in the short window leaning up, leading up to a big event where you need to be primed, from a recovery perspective, every athlete should be doing it in some way, shape, or form. I'm not saying you got to go smoke a bunch of weed or do dabs or get you know stoned, but a little bit of edibles before you sleep or you know 100 milligrams after you do a full day of training or a CBD or something. Add fueling your endocannabinoid system when you're training, especially at that high level, will lead to higher level performance at the end. I do believe that. Well, sure. But that then is like going into being prescribed any kind of drug for your doctor for, dare I say, pain management uh, would then be performance enhancing, wouldn't it? Because it's taking away their pain, therefore allowing them to perform better than they would in their natural sure. state. So like that argument could be made across the board. I think sure. it's a moot point when it comes to cannabis. I believe that. I think if you're not on steroids, I think you're good to go. Something that's not physically building your muscles up, making you yeah. run faster, making you lift yeah. harder. If it changes your mental state, I, I personally don't think that that should be considered an athletic performance enhancer. Well, because like the reality of it is more often than not, it's slowing your synapses down, right? Like even somebody who I would like to think I'm a relatively educated individual and pretty intelligent and you definitely notice a slowdown, right? Totally. Like it, when I'm fully lit, slowed down. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's such, it needs, uh, it's stupid. I think it started uh, a platform for really, you know, I think probably by next Olympics, it won't be an issue. You know, yeah. uh, I think sometimes bad things like this have to happen to make big change. And I think I feel horrible for Shakari Richardson and I hope she comes back and wins five gold medals next year and said, guess what? I did it the entire time. Smoking weed. Like Michael Phelps did, right? Yeah, Michael right. Phelps, fastest man in water. Usain Bolt, fastest man on land. Objectively. Both smoke weed. Both smoke weed. <laughs> Shikari Richardson's one of the fastest women on the planet. Guess what? She also smokes weed. And so do 90% of your doctors. Just saying. Anyway. Yeah, and if not, uh, they should. <laughs> um, so this is probably a good point to kind of wrap up this first segment we had here talking about Nestiva. Uh, we're gonna be coming back. Make sure you come back in a couple of days to check out. We're gonna be talking about 
some of the speed bumps that Steve's gone through and kind of how if you're looking to get into the cannabis space now that we're legal, whether it be CBD or THC or what have you, uh, kind of how you can navigate those waters a little bit easier and maybe avoid some of those speed bumps. Um, anything else you want to say before we sign off? Yeah, thanks for giving me a platform to tell the story. It's kind of, uh, you know, I will say that, and we can talk a little bit about this in the next segment, as, as fun as it is, to, especially to be in the space, it gets pretty lonely because it's only, there's not a lot of people who understand what you're going through. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people who, you know, you can soundboard off of family, friends, they'll support you, but they don't fucking get it. You know, and you get that, it, brother. you get it, you know, and it's like, uh, you don't always get to say, here's why this has been so goddamn tough. Right. Not just, oh, that sucks. Sorry to hear that. When are you going to quit? Well, if you look at it from start to finish and, you know, it becomes very easy to say, oh, wow, I get it now. I get yeah. it. You know, so thanks for the, uh, the opportunity to, uh, tell my story a little bit. And hopefully by the end of this, people will have a little more clarity and hopefully some motivation to, to start their own business. Absolutely, brother. I mean, I love listening to it. It's it's always good to know the background behind a company, especially if you want to invest in them or support them. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely good to be able to hear somebody else who has struggled through this process that a bunch of people are about to try and embark on. No doubt. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that you're willing to come on and talk about your experience. Um, I want to say thank you for being kind of open about the company there and some of your vulnerabilities and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and with that, listeners, elevate your state of mind, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Thanks to our friends here at Rockbox Recording and Production in Rochester, New York. They are a full professional podcast and video studio designed by a radio guy for podcasters. Audio, video, voiceovers, editing, whatever. Mouth off at Rockbox at rockbox.com. You can follow Cannabis Cum Laude on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Cannabis. Type Cannabis Cum Laude into your search bar and you should be able to find us, but the links will also be posted in the episode notes as well. If you want to help support the show, head on over to Patreon and that will ensure that we're able to keep the best quality sound and video coming to you on a regular basis. And if you liked what you heard today, please don't forget to rate and review the show. 